Welcome to the Successful Farming Podcast. I'm Lori Boyer. Shelly Philly joins me today. She is a regional livestock and forage specialist for Oregon State University Extension Service. And we will be talking about hay testing today. Shelly, to get us started, why is it important to test hay? It's important to know the nutrient content of the hay. That way you can feed it properly to the different animals, know whether you need to add any supplementation, and know how much you can feed. It's kind of like having a a nutrition label on um, human food that you buy at the store. So it's like having the a nutrition label. <laughs> Shelley, when testing hay, what is it being tested for exactly? Mainly the amount of protein that's in the feed, in the hay, um, and also the energy content. The protein we call crude protein because it's really a measure of the amount of nitrogen that's in the sample, and then they convert that to protein, because we know that protein has is about 16% nitrogen. So if you multiply the nitrogen by 6.25, you come up with the crude protein content. And the second thing you want to know is the energy. And energy is in uh, humans and some animals, you use calories to denote the amount of protein or excuse me, energy that's in the feed. In livestock, we use total digestible nutrients because all the nutrients can give off energy. So we sum all those up and we get a total. Mm, You can also look at the energy content in digestible energy or net energy. And those are more refined measurements of the amount of energy for different processes in the animal. So mainly it's protein and energy. And minerals, we can ask the laboratory to tell us uh, how, what minerals and what concentration those minerals are present in the feed. When it comes to testing hay for livestock, are we testing for different livestock? So in other words, when we turn in samples to be tested, are we looking for different things when it comes to feeding that hay to goats and sheep or horses or cattle? So um, there are two broad classes of animals when we're feeding livestock. And one is a ruminant animal like sheep and cattle and goats. And the other is a simple stomached animal like the horse. So with the, with the ruminants, they're more efficient because they have microbial digestion in their rumen. And the simple stomached animals is, are less efficient So we use a digestible energy with horses or a a specially calculated TDN for horses. So if you get a feed sample tested and you get the results back, it'll say TDN, and that's for the ruminants. And then it'll say TDN for horses, and you have to use that one for the horses. Or it'll also contain um, digestible energy and net energy, and you would choose digestible energy for the horse. What is the best way to actually do the hay testing? Oh, okay. Good question. The scientists have over the years uh, taken a lot of samples of many different types of hay. And the most accurate 
the one that you can count on to give you the same answer again and again is to use a hay probe. The hay probe is just a hollow tube that has a serrated end edge on the end. And this is called a Penn State Forage Sampler. And what you do is you place it at the end of a bale and it rotates in. And as it rotates, it cuts little across the flakes of hay. It'll cut a little bit of sample and it'll get in here into the tube. And you can make it go round and round by attaching a drill bit, drill, so it, <laughs> it goes pretty quickly and goes in and gets the sample cut across the flake. So you get um, little bits of each of the flakes. If you put it into the side, you'll just get one or two stems. So you have to put it in the end. And you take about 20 of these core samples. So the core samples are subsamples of a, a stack of hay. So you want to, like, say you have a, a buy a ton or two of hay from a source and it's stacked in your barn. And you go and you take about 20 different samples from that and call it one sample and send that to the laboratory. If you have a, two stacks of hay that are different, you'll want to separate those out into different core samples, different samples. For example, one stack might be alfalfa hay and one stack might be orchard grass or two different types of orchard grass. Uh, one you bought earlier in the year and one you bought later in the year, likely from different cuttings, likely from different fields. So the idea is to get us core samples on each of the different types of hay that you have available to feed. How often should hay be tested, Shelley? Every time you get a new batch of hay, you would need to uh, have a new test on it because the value of hay changes pretty quickly over the season. So within the same field, if you sample a batch of hay that came from uh, an earlier cutting versus a later cutting, they would likely have different quality. And even if you sample the same field at the same time every year, there would likely be differences in quality. So every year you want to get a new hay test or every time you get a new batch of hay, or if you think there's a problem with it and you want to test it. You'd want to test for protein and energy on those hays. But if you use the same field for your hay every year, you might only test it for the minerals every three to five years, maybe see what the mineral content of it is, because the minerals don't change that to the same extent as the protein and energy would once we have the sample of hay, do we send it to a land-grant university or a private lab, or how do we determine where to send it for testing? So you want to send it to a private lab that is certified in their testing procedures. So you can, um, there are national associations that test the laboratories, so they'll send all the labs one sample, the same lot of hay, and they will get input on those and look at every lab. And if one's a really big outlier all the time, then they won't certify that lab. So it's best to take a certified lab and get that sample done. Oregon State University has a list of laboratories serving Oregon. They're not all in the state of Oregon, 
but they're just a list of labs that we can use. Some university extension services have testing options for you, but mostly you'll be going to a private lab. The private labs don't like uh, the universities to take all their business, so we do have labs, but they're generally saved for research projects. About how much does it cost to get a sample of hay tested? It's about $30, $35, $40 for a basic test. If you want to include minerals, it's, it might be maybe $20 more. Uh, some minerals are an additional charge, like selenium is a difficult test to run. And so it's an extra charge, maybe $18 to $20 additional In Oregon, we pretty much say that um, most of the selenium in most of the forage is going to be low in selenium, so you don't have to run that sample all the time. Unless you're applying selenium as a soil amendment to increase the forage selenium content, you don't need to really test for it. Just assume it's going to be low. 99% of the time, it's going to be low. What is your suggestion then, Shelley, when choosing a lab for hay testing? Any of the laboratories that are certified um, are fair laboratories to use. So I just check to see if they're certified and then use them. You can go on their website and look for their certification. You can call them and ask them, and um, it'll be a national testing certification that you'll recognize, yeah. Once a test has been done and you get the results back, how do you read them, Shelley? What are we looking for? Oh, interpreting the results of of the forage test is uh, pretty easy if you're used to doing it. It might be a little confusing for a person that's just starting out, but you'll have probably one sheet of paper with a list of the different components of the test, and then they'll have on the top a as received. So just like the lab received it with all the moisture still in it, and then they'll have a percent dry matter or on a dry matter basis. And that is a way of looking at the forage where you're excluding the amount of moisture or water that's in the feed. And this is because the moisture content of different feeds differs And you don't want to confound your interpretation of the feed test with different amounts of water. So we look at the dry matter basis. So you could submit fresh pasture grass to the laboratory. You could submit dried hay to the laboratory. And if you look at it on a dry matter basis, then you can compare the two feeds on an equivalent basis and not, well, this one has a bunch of water in it. That's why it's so different. So you'll have, again, you'll have the list of components from the laboratory and as fed and dry matter basis at the top. So you'll be focusing on the dry matter basis. The first thing you'll probably come to is the crude protein It won't tell you the nitrogen amount. It'll just tell you the crude protein. And we know that that's from the nitrogen analysis. So in the laboratory, they don't go in and they don't just test for crude protein. They don't test for energy. They test for the different components of the forage. First, the dry matter base, the dry matter amount or the water moisture. 
then the nitrogen and convert that to crude protein. They'll do two different laboratory tests for the amount of fiber. So one is acid detergent fiber. The other is neutral detergent fiber. And those two have been shown to be correlated with the digestibility of the feed. So the ADF, the acid detergent fiber, is correlated with the digestibility. And the neutral detergent fiber is correlated with the intake, the amount uh, the animal can eat. And that's the physical properties of the fiber. You might liken it to dietary fiber, soluble fibers. You might have heard those terms in human nutrition where the different amounts of those fibers influence the availability of nutrients. And from those components, there's also non-structural carbohydrates, which would be the sugars and the pectins and such. And then also ash, which is the minerals, actually. So from those components, those are used to tell you the amount of energy or the TDN, digestible energy. So you'll see a whole list of components that, they, that are, they're reporting from the laboratory. But they're also underneath those, it'll say crude protein and TDN. And those are the two that you have to focus on. Focus on the TDN and the crude protein and you'll be good. You don't have to really look at all of the different components unless you're interested in more refined nutritional um, analysis. Shelly, I was wondering about mistakes. Is there any common mistakes that are made throughout the process, either the grower collecting a sample or the lab doing the actual sampling? Most of the mistakes are made in testing the hay, in actually collecting the sample. Yeah. Most of the mistakes are when you take the sample, you don't take enough subsamples or you... um, Mix maybe samples together. Maybe you don't give enough. You need a, like a, a full-size Ziploc baggie, at least three-quarters full of a lot of, of several co- subsamples. Working for the Extension Office, Shelly, I'm sure you get questions. What are some questions that you do get about hay quality and or testing? The most common question is, is this too rich for my animal, like too much protein? Generally, the hay that is collected and tested is usually not too high in nitrogen that it's going to hurt the animal. Sometimes you can get high nitrates in feeds, but generally the the protein will either be well, well above the need for the animal or well below the animal animal's needs. It rarely exactly matches. So a lot of people are worried about feeding too much nitrogen to their animal. Generally, the if your crude protein's higher than the requirement, it's okay. The animal will just utilize that for energy or it will eliminate it through the urine. Uh, another question is energy. Is this too much energy or not enough? And too much energy can make your animal too fat. Not enough energy will just make it too thin and not able to perform. So the most common question is, does this feed meet the nutrient requirements for my specific animal? 
So you would have to find the nutrient requirements of that animal. Like I work with people who raise cattle, sheep, and goats. And cattle can be a pregnant cow, a lactating cow, or um, one just at maintenance, a steer that's growing really fast or growing really slow, a bull that's just out in the pasture and he's doing fine. So how do you match the nutrient, the hay to the nutrient requirements of the animal? You have to look at the feed tables, the nutrient requirement tables for that animal. There's lists of nutrient requirements in the reference books and match those up with the feed. So uh, a fast growing calf would need higher energy than a slow growing calf. And you would just have to compare the nutrient requirements in that hay to the nutrient requirements of the animal. If it doesn't match, then you either supplement to meet your goal or you just understand that's all the growth I'm going to get for that animal on that hay. It's up to you whether you want to change your goal or accept the uh, productivity you get from that hay. Shelly, what else would you like to mention or talk about that I haven't asked about here today that would be important for our conversation on hay testing? Well, people uh, often ask about what type of hay they should purchase to meet their animal's nutrient requirement. Do I buy grass hay? Do I buy alfalfa hay? Should my grass hay have clover in it? What type of grass hay should I be feeding Timothy? Should I be feeding orchard grass? So people want to pick a certain type of hay and call that as meeting the nutrient requirements, but it doesn't work like that. The nutrient content of different grass hays and legume hays depends on the maturity of the plant when it's harvested. So you could have an orchard grass and a timothy harvested. One was harvested maybe when it's young and actively growing. The other would be harvested when it's, if it was harvested when it was already gone to seed and very stemmy, that would be low nutrient content compared to the vegetatively grass leafy hay. It's not only the type of forage that you're buying, grass hay or legume hay, but the stage of maturity when it was harvested, either young and actively growing or slow growth, stemmy, starting to get into reproductive, putting up seed heads. That is what determines the nutritive quality of forage well beyond the type of hay you're buying. Really good information here today, Shelly. I really appreciate it. And I want to thank my guest once again for joining me, Shelly Philly, Regional Livestock and Forage Specialist for Oregon State University Extension Service. And thank you all for listening. For Successful Farming, I'm Lori Boyer.